Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to another episode of Crossing Soccer Borders, a podcast focused on the growth of CONCACAF soccer and part of the DynamoTheory.com podcast network. I am Rudy. And I am Rodrigo. Rodrigo, it's been a while since we've talked. It seems like we're doing the show every two weeks, but it is what it is. I uh, hope you're doing good, man. How's how's the week? I know. It's just trying to catch up with some personal stuff. And then, you know, I know you've been pretty busy. So we're kind of doing this show as we can. But no, it's been good. Um, mainly just, you know, staying home. Um, my wife has um, had a lot of tests coming up. So she's been studying a lot. I've just been chilling at the house, watching games, playing some FIFA and whatnot. But yeah, it's been good. What about yourself? Yeah, not too bad, man. Definitely been a little busy. Um, been at home, uh, trying to relax when we're at home, but we're not. Yeah, I got I got major minor surgery a couple of weeks ago. Was ridden to bed. Had a let's just say we had a uh, a pack of frozen peas like for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, man. But it's it's good. No more surprises later on. So you know, definitely don't want a third kid or or triplets. You never know what God gives you. So it's uh, you know, it's kind of like playing a hell of a surprise, <laughs> bro. It'd be like playing twenty one. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know when you're like about to win, and then it's like bam, like another five. <laughs> So, no, it is what it is. I have a day. You know, we're excited because super busy. We should be closing on the construction loan for the home that we're trying to build. And we're excited for that. Trying to find a new opportunity for me, just period. And yeah, man, just life gets busy sometimes, but excited to talk about soccer. And this is our episode 25, which I feel like we should do something big. Like, but you know what I mean? Hell yeah. Big like Rodrigo likes it, uh, <laughs> but uh, anyways, um, but no man was uh, whatever topic you want to jump into. Um, I think we last what is it two weeks ago we saw the first three match days for the uh, World Cup qualifiers for the road to Qatar. It was exciting, and around the corner we have three more matches coming up within what three weeks so we have um i think it's october 8th i had it open i think it's october 8th i'm making that up seven seven ten and thirteen there'll be matches being played and uh yeah man so far yeah i think the the group is kind of playing out how we thought we were gonna, it was gonna play out um i'll go real quick through what the standings are right now mexico has seven points day one two well Mexico has seven points. Canada has five. United States has five. Panama has five. Costa Rica has two. Honduras has two. And El Salvador, two. Jamaica has a single point. Um, matches have been good. I think uh, surprisingly, the United States 
seemed like a little bit shaky at first. And even when they played in Honduras, like which Honduras looked like the whole first half was theirs. They turned that thing around quickly. Very surprising. Team showed out. And I mean, we could have probably been talking about them being bottom of the table, but that's not the case, right? So yeah, good stuff so far, I think. I mean, it's only three matches. You know, there's still plenty of uh, games left to see who makes it. But Rodrigo, just from the table itself, who do you expect on these next three matches to move up or down, um, in your opinion? Yeah, it's been an interesting set of games. Uh, for me, if anything, it's been pretty unpredictable just because what we thought or what we had originally talked about, the teams that look stronger, you know, didn't look as strong. And then the weaker teams surprised us. Um, for me, especially, you know, talking about Panama, um, looked pretty decent. And I actually had them dead last of the group. And, you know, they played uh, against Mexico and actually gave them a pretty good game. Um, but, yeah, this next match is uh, I had high hopes for Jamaica, especially with bringing the Premier League players. And, uh, unfortunately, most of them couldn't play in some games due to the COVID restrictions. Um, and then, you know, now they get to face Canada at home. But I just feel like Canada's pretty much of a strong team to, you know, still keep them down there. Either they might get a point or none. Um, so it's going to be a tough game for that. Costa Rica, I think, might have a little bit easier against El Salvador. Um, but, you know, when we get to the the U.S., it's going to actually they, – they're going to close well, this October, I guess. They'll, they'll have a little bit of easier matches before closing to a tougher uh, group and we'll, or – um, tougher games and we'll talk about those um, next time when we get closer to that date but the U.S. I think this is the time for them to you know go ahead and get basically the nine points out of it and uh, move them closer to the, the World Cup spots and um, and yeah that, that's probably what I'm, I'm focusing more of how the U.S. try to get out of this one just because the, the last three games I believe they're probably the toughest ones for them um, playing I think two games away and then one home um, but you know, we'll see what, we, uh, we'll see what we can get out of them. Well, I think that's the case for both us and Mexico, right? Because both of them have two home matches because both of them have two home matches. Uh, and so they, they are, should be able to take advantage of that. And you're absolutely right. I think at this point, Jamaica, sadly, is probably going to lose through all three of the matches. If not, maybe get something at home. But it all depends on the weather and what the stadium or the field conditions looks like. Um, but I think this is this three matches is what are going to be like teams like the U.S. and Mexico separate themselves uh, as a top dog. See who's, you know, is starting to earn those. So um, th- those spots that everybody wants, right, to go straight into the World Cup without having to play a playoff. So. Yeah, that that's what I'm thinking too. And then obviously everybody else in between um, is definite. And and I'm not saying that you know the U.S. or Mexico are playing easy matches or not. Um, but having in Mexico's case playing Honduras at home, I mean that's obviously um, you still have home advantage. I think by then they should have a full stadium, if not some people in attendance um, by match day five. So, yeah, it should see what what they're made out of. Uh, And sadly, you know, at this rate, 
like you said, Jamaica may be gone, Salvador may be gone if they aren't able to get points, um, very needed points out of this match. But we still have about a month to talk about these matches. We'll break them down definitely as they come, especially knowing uh, the players are going to be in the squad when they play these matches. I'm sure injuries will happen, so hopefully not big key players are missing. And maybe by then, which I doubted, but maybe by then uh, the COVID regulations, um, especially the ones that affected like teams like Jamaica with so many people from England, um, are a little bit more relaxed. But this is the world that we're in right now, all kinds of limitations and stuff like that. So all these teams are being affected, obviously, even – uh, Mexico was affected, not being able to play Raul Jimenez. Um, but Rodrigo, anything else you want to add before we move on to a different topic? No, you're good. All right. Well, let's end up. Yeah. What's up? No, so let's go. All right. Let's go. Um, so another thing that we kind of did not get to talk about, obviously, since we were, we uh, did not do a show last week, was the uh, 2021 CONCACAF Champions League. Um, so the final is set. And it's going to be another Mexican final, which it was going to be tough for the lonely uh, MLS team being Philadelphia Union to make it um, past America. And uh, and I think one of the funniest things you told me was that uh, in Philadelphia, the stadium was pretty much yellow. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, fans for America there, um, which basically, well, they ended up winning 4-0 um and what is it called aggregate and monterey ends up beating cruz azul so rodrigo what are your opinions on the final itself man i mean i know same thing there's this one's definitely more than a month before it plays and i'm sure there'll be things that change and stuff um especially because by then there should be the mexico the la liga or la liga at liga mx uh playoff should be playing and so, obviously, things can happen. But, man, Rodrigo, yeah, your thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, it's going to be one of the most, I guess, um, two teams with the most champ- uh, Champions League finals that they played on, um, Monterrey and America. It's going to be a good match. Uh, the only thing I do want to touch, I mean, you know, we don't like America at all. But, man, Ochoa, I don't know if you watched that game against Philadelphia, but he was playing, like, you know, like that. Prime Ochoa, I guess we've seen in the past. He had an amazing uh, penalty save, and then he even got the rebound uh, saved as well to keep that clean sheet. But like that would have been decisive. I, I think if he, if they would have scored that goal, um, it would have pushed uh, Philadelphia to maybe equalize in the aggregate, and probably America would have gotten those two uh, late goals, and you know it would have been a different story. But man, he was on top of things. Uh, so I always enjoy watching him play either, even if it's for America, as long as they're not playing Chivas. I, I like uh, watching him make some saves, um, especially with Mexico, of course. But yeah, I mean, Monterrey looks strong too uh, for this tournament. It is a month away. So that's kind of, um, you know, takes things down a little bit. Uh, but they're also playing, you know, for a spot to the World Club Cup, which Monterrey was pretty successful in the past. Um, America, not so much, but... It's always nice to have a, a team from CONCACAF and Mexico, especially to be part of it. Uh, so we'll see, you know, how they'll do. Yeah. And when you said about like not really being a fan of America, I think I'm not really even a fan of Monterey. So this is probably a final. 
but I'm not like oh super excited to watch or anything like that. And in my opinion, just because those are teams that I'm not really big fond of or whatever. But uh, yeah, so the the matchup will be playing October, and we'll have plenty of time to break it down. Um, I'm sure we have a lot of people. Uh, or I know we have definitely friends that are big Monterey fans, that being Rayados or Tigres. But in this case, it'll get the last lap to try to get another title. And obviously, America too. But um, real quick, I just want to touch on something that came out today, uh, that being the Leagues Cup, and that affects both M- uh, Major League Soccer and Liga MX. So I kind of like breaking news today that basically the tournament uh, beginning 2023 is going to be expanding to include all of the clubs in MLS and Liga MX. Um, and the top three teams will qualify to the Champions League, which is very cool because um, I'm assuming it's going to be a knockout phase. Uh, there's definitely going <laughs> to be more um, uh, MLS teams than uh, Mexican teams. So maybe this is the first time that they were like, maybe get more teams to go into the Champions League from Mexico, I mean, sorry, from the U.S. compared to Mexico, but it's something different. It's kind of something cool that, you know, I'm sure they'll play most of the matches here in the States. So all the big teams, you know, we may get, um, I mean, it'd be great to get like a Chivas versus like uh, Dynamo or something like that, just to change it up. Seems like they always are playing Tigres, um, but you never know, like here locally in BBA, obviously you may be still in Dallas, so who knows? Maybe FC Dallas gets to play another good team in their stadium. And I think those matches are always good just to keep building, um, you know, competition and in, and making the leagues better. Because, um, dude, you know what crazy thing was that I was looking at how, like, MLS and Liga MX, they pump a lot of players they played in Copa America, which is really crazy if you really think about it. You know, because obviously those two leagues always get, like, that they're trash or this or that. And, and of course, we all know they're growing, but it is kind of cool to see how much good talent um, is taking from, you know, obviously uh, we know how South America has very good um, nations. And then there's some poor ones like Bolivia and stuff like that, not to knock on them, but, you know, I want their golden generation is gone. And both of the players actually played in MLS. But anyways, man, um, this league cup interesting i mean i know it's pretty new so it's not like something oh my god yeah league's cup by any means but at least it's more games i guess um in this cool single elimination tournament anything you want to add on that or you want me to go ahead and move into the dynamo i just uh, yeah i think it's very important like what you said um adding more competition to both mls liga mekis all this play for the concacaf and even uh, South American, you know, funny thing that you mentioned all that is I was looking at the um, uh, top score table for the MLS and a lot of those players have also played in Liga MX, you know, which um, we've always seen this in the past that a lot of people from South America tend to go to um, Mexico because they get paid a little bit better than in South America. And But then the good thing is from there, they always or not always, but they make the jump either to you know, playing in Europe or if not playing the MLS and they still keep that same, you know, competitive level, um, which is, you know, good to grow uh, the U.S. soccer more than anything and CONCACAF uh, soccer as well. But yeah, uh, this is a new uh, League's Cup that's going to be exciting. And, you know, like you mentioned, 
I think it will attract more fans to go watch those teams that they can watch in Mexico um, into the stadiums. Yeah, especially when, you know, obviously like this past uh, MLS All-Star, there was like a MLS against Liga MX. But when you looked at the actual team buildup and rosters, they were kind of so, you know, like one-sided. And, you know, there was, you know, play or yeah, players from like, one team you had like five players or something like that so a lot of people missed out and like in my case uh, and you know being a Chivas fan uh, following from the guy Mekis being a Houston Dynamo fan you know there were just no players with rightly so right because the teams were are struggling um not like you want to see technically anybody per se but at the same time you kind of lose that interest just to even watch as much as There are, you know, players that play um, for Mexico in that case, you know, but even then. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I think that's a cool little thing that is seems that is building up. And like I said, I think it just creates more competition that um, it was funny that it seems like the uh, Liga Mekis kind of partnering with the MLS, noticing that, you know, the MLS has become way more popular and there's so much draw in, from Mexico uh, in the U.S. So it's good to take advantage of that. I mean, whoever is the... Um, the lead businessmen that you know brought like some good ideas like that um because i mean they're gaining a bunch of revenue out of it which is great right but yeah so with that being said i guess i really want to move into houston dynamo kind of keep it local um i guess local for me currently for you bad because houston dynamo <laughs> i'm kidding um Houston Dynamo has been on a good you know after they've been terrible after a three or what was it like 14, 15 game non-winning or winless streak. They've been doing very well. And in a week, in the span of eight days, actually, they beat um, Austin FC. They tied LA Galaxy in in LA. And then they come back home and beat um, FC Dallas. And to me, that's a big turnaround. And, you know, I'll let Rod you, Rodrigo, kind of um, get your thoughts in. But one thing that I do want to mention, the X factor has been Darwin Quintero. And, you know, one big thing that I, from the very beginning, was kind of like not super excited about that Ramos being a coach just because of his likes of a profession or, yeah, like experience with pro like a professional team or a club team um, was because bringing that youth Experience is great, but you could see that those were the tactics. He was using, you know, short tournaments tactics by playing basically your quote unquote like best 11 and just kind of playing them, you know, till it died basically. And that was never going to work. And if, you know, you feel like a player like Indeta doesn't fit your system, then I feel like you always have to take advantage of the best players you have and uh, adapt and change those tactics 
um, so they work in your favor. And sadly, it's such so late in the season that I mean, our playoffs, um, our, what's it called, playoff chance are probably very, very, very slim. Um, and it's too late for it. But I'm glad that he was able to notice that. And Rodrigo, I, I could keep talking about this because you know I'm a, I've watched the team pretty much every match and go to the stadium. But man, I want to hear your thoughts. You know, especially since you watched the last match in Dallas on Dallas TV, basically. So what's up, man? Man, I think the turning point for all this it has to do with the firing of Matt Jordan. Um, because since you know we knock on wood, but we haven't lost again, um, which is a very big thing. And who knows? Um, I wonder if maybe that had to do something with Quintero too, because as soon as he got fired and I know there was also, um, you know, there are uh, players missing from either international or different things. So they were getting a little bit more play time. Uh, but man, um, yeah, like you, you mentioned, uh, Darwin, um, to me, he's probably the best player we have, honestly. And it was a shock to always see him on the bench, getting five minutes here, you know, late subs, didn't do anything. And the biggest thing with him, and I, I think I said it to you and I said it to Chris and Honest when we were talking about, you know, on episodes back, um, that to me, if he's going to play, he can't play as like a striker, you know, a number um, nine or number seven. I think he's better as a number 10. And this last few games, that's what Tab has been playing as. And, you know, he creates so much. Um, you know, one thing I like to look at is the player's rating after a game. And, uh, and you know, he's been probably having the consistent player rating of like a eight or above that. So, you know, he, he's doing a lot for the team, creating a lot of space, a lot of uh, chances to Fafa, to whoever's basically wide open. And it's just a simple, you know, pass and put it in. Or if not, um, he'll take a shot, you know, and force the rebound. Um, I think there was either two goals like that that happened um, in the last, I guess, three games or so. But yeah, man, he's, he's, I think he needs to continue to start. He needs to, you know, have that more confidence and not just him, but, you know, from Tab um, to make him feel like, you know, he's happier with the team. Um, because if I see this season and he, he goes back to the bench and he's only playing five minutes, this is the last we're going to see of him. And he's such a great player that if we get rid of him, um, you know, you need to bring somebody. 10 times better than him because he's a great player, still has a lot of uh, play in him. And I think right now, or most of the season, um, his talent has been wasted. But, you know, we don't even know if Tab Ramos is going to be um, there next season. So that's going to be, I guess, something that we need to look forward to as well. But yeah, man, like you mentioned, I was watching the game here in Dallas. Um, okay, so I was watching it in Spanish. This is interesting to me because I've never watched a Dallas game from local TV and they call them the Toros. So like they know, are they known as the Bulls? Cause like, I've never heard that in like, I've never heard of like, oh, the Dallas Aren't they Bulls. the hoops or the hoops or the- Well, I, I think it's like Hoopa. I think that's their like mascot. Their mascot, guy. yeah, but I thought yeah, that- Yeah, but like they kept saying like the Toros and I'm and I just kept thinking of like the, uh, is it the Valley one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I was thinking of- RGB, you you're talking about yeah, RGB. R- yeah. So, and they just kept saying, oh, yeah, I thought of, but like they were so biased of like everything they were saying. Um, obviously, and rightly so, I guess you're, you're in Dallas. Um, so it's kind of funny and interesting, but I've never heard 
them use or refer us. Okay. Also. I have. So, so I was there at the game. <laughs> I was I, I was lucky enough to go to the game. I wasn't gonna go because uh, my dad ended up bailing, and then a couple people that I asked, actually one guy that I tend to give tickets to, he had already bought tickets. Um, so I was like, man, this is gonna suck. So I told my wife and my sister in laws, and they went down with me over there, and it was great because you know they never really been to it and stuff. So that it was fun. Um, but what's funny is next to me, I've noticed that there's like people that tend to sit there and it's always the same people, but I guess they sold their tickets. Um, and so it was actually like a family of uh, FC Dallas fans. And what was funny to me is they weren't wearing anything like no gear of like any of the teams, you know? So at first I was like, where are these people? Because then I saw what they were sharing. Every time that something good happened for them, they would share and bad. They would like complain. So it didn't take me long to figure, especially when they were up 3-0, the Houston was, that they were just uh, Dallas fans. So I ended up leaving just a little bit early. Uh, usually I stayed till like, like the game ends, but we left like in the 78th or like out of my seats. And it kind of sucks. It's like as soon as we left the stadium, they scored. And then I guess they scored again. And I was like, man, this sucks. Like it could have been, we could have freaking blown that awesome lead we'd had. Um then the only downside is obvious or bad side of that match was that we lost Lundy for probably a couple of weeks. Um, and, you know, going back to obviously Quintero playing to me, another big thing that, um, you know, that Tab Ramos didn't do in the very beginning was rotating his players. And it got to the point that um, Adam Lundquist was, wasn't playing well at all. Right. And so he ended up benching him for uh, Junka and Junka ended up playing better. And then eventually Junka started, I mean, he had a few errors and whatnot, and then he gave Lundy back the spot. And since he did that, Adam had been like on point, man. I mean, the dude was attacking well, I mean, defending well, which obviously is his main position, but he was attacking uh, as well, creating chances like by, you know, chunking a bunch of corner or crosses to the mid middle of the uh, 18 box. And so, that to me was something that is missing still because I feel like there's more rotation that can be done because that only creates competition. You know, it's like anywhere. If if people, um, if you know you're always going to start, people are going to get kind of like uh, a little bit like antsy about that position. Yeah, I mean, just to hit on that, um, for those who watch the Premier League, um, you obviously know who Luke Shaw is. And... If you ask anybody two years ago, you know, is he a good player? Where it's like, no, we need to sell him, you know, especially the menu fans. Um, but as soon as they brought Alex Tellez in, um, the, I think it's Portuguese. But anyways, as soon as they brought him in, I think he's Brazilian. You know, that left, or Brazilian, um, so that left back position, um, he just looked sorry. It just kind of put like a burning passion in him of like, hey, I got to improve. I got to do better. And now, some people are like, oh, he's the best left back in the premiere, which we know he's not because, you know, Andy Robertson is. But anyways, um, but, you know, it's the same same situation. Can where you, you build say that competition. bias? <laughs> no, just facts, man. I don't I do absolutes. Um, but, yeah, it's just that natural competition that you're, you're fighting for, you know, basically your job and uh, and looks how, you know, made it to the Euros and had a great tournament and is still having a great season. And same thing with, you know, um, bringing it back to the Dynamo, um, loves kids. Yeah, know, with Adam. Scenario. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's the thing. I think that 
um, in tab system, he just plays who he thinks is best, and he just going to keep playing them, keep playing them. And sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad. But I think especially when the team was just in a poor, you know, winless. Yeah, go for it, man. No, I was just going to say, man, this team, you know, watching the uh, against Dallas, they obviously played so well. They were, they just had a couple of mistakes at the end and almost cost them the game. You know, it could have easily gone for a tie there. Um, but, man, I was, like, watching this team and, um, I mean, watching this game and watching the last game that we've been doing so well. And we don't even have Coco. So I'm just thinking, like, man, imagine with him, with this new, you know, I guess, version of Dynamo. Um, that's going to create a lot of opportunities. Um, I hope they can keep this momentum up because at this pace, you know, it would set them up perfectly to try to get a spot into the playoffs. And honestly, I think they can just go all the way and, you know, even have a chance at winning it. That's so true. And, and especially, like, it would be great to see, like, uh, you know, Mati Bera playing next to Coco and then uh, having Quintero playing on top of them like he's been doing lately. And the only reason I've been about the uh, rotation is because, you know, there's players that like, uh, you know, and, and I think it's hard whenever you're, you know, when you're a, and I mentioned this before, when you're a coach, right? Even if you take it as like a, uh, what do they call it? Um uh, what is it a chair or armchair coach I guess like you know like from your couch um in the sense of like or if you you play FIFA like usually you pick a team that you want you you know you keep who you like and you sell who you don't and that's how you kind of do your own thing right I mean like every coach has their players and definitely Taf has shown that you know bring in like Griffin Dorsey bring in like a Tyler Pasher like players that he has had some kind of connection. Uh, um, Jones, you know, there's plenty that he's brought this season. And then sometimes the ones that he brings don't seem to work out also. But I think whenever you're, uh, you know, you take over and obviously it's not necessarily the squad that you want, right? Because you can't just throw it as much as you want to. You can't just throw everything away and start over every season. Um but the players that are there, I feel like, yes, you know, you see them in training all the time. But there's players that do much better in, you know, in real 90-minute play than they do when they're just training. Um, and I'm just big advocate of, like, letting letting the people play, man. Um, you know, if they suck, they suck. But at least you can't say, oh, because they were bad at practice. Like, you need to be able to give them time, you know, players. And I'm talking about players like uh, Fun Mayor, that the dude came in pretty hot, you know, as soon as he joined the Dynamo, got so much playing time. And then even, you know, with Cabrera, he obviously did not get the same love by the second season and so on and so on. And I'm sure that's a guy that is going to be gone uh, by the year end. And uh, But then you have players like Christian Ramirez that, you know, the dude left and he doesn't stop scoring goals in Europe. So it, it just depends. Or Mateo Bahamich, right? That you apparently did so much, paid a ton of money for this kid, and you don't give him the opportunity to play. And giving players just five minutes here, 10 minutes there, it's not enough. Let them, you know, right now, especially if we, you know, start lo- or we lose and are out of playoff contention, play the kids. Just give them the opportunity to play. And that that's my 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 thought there. But it's good to see the Dynamo in winning ways again. Hopefully they keep the momentum going. There's still plenty of matches. Um a good thing there's a few, uh quite a few, I think like five 
home games love that I'll probably be to 90% of them. Um, and for our listeners and, you know, people that follow us on our social medias, definitely keep an eye out for some tickets. I'll probably be giving away some and one of the matches coming up. So just a night or something to keep an eye on. But Rodrigo, if you want to add anything else on the Dynamo, um, yeah. So hopefully the Dynamo keep winning. And oh, the very first thing I was going to say, why Dallas? Like it sucks to be Dallas because finally the Dynamo got the um, El Capitan back. So we got the trophy uh, from our rivals. It had been a long time. Um, I think a couple of years ago, I went to go see them play in Dallas and it was great. We just, you know, got our as beat like four zero five one or something like that it sucked so it's great to have them back but with that being said rodrigo go for it and to add i guess a little bit more salt to that one of losing then you get your head coach fired so congratulations dynamo yeah that's actually big yeah congratulations (laughs) but uh yeah keep crossing soccer borders